This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Reel Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And this week we are covering it all. Everything, everywhere, all at once. And we got a lot to get to, so actually let's just cut right to it. Uh, You know what, let's give a warm Weekly Reel welcome to Michael. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Hey everybody, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, so uh, Michael is actually, I want to say, our first guest who has a podcast, or podcasts, I should say, of his own. Um, Actually, do you want to quickly just kind of get into, you know, what kind of podcasts these are? Yeah, sure. Uh, So these are, you know, kind I guess, kind of adjacent to the Weekly Reel in a certain sense. Uh, They're both sort of pop culturally oriented. The first one that I have, the older, I guess the older of the two is called Two Old Souls, T-O-O-O-L-D-S-O-U-L-S. I really hope I spelled that right. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> um, Taken uh, a bit of a reference to uh, to uh, Danny Glover's character in Lethal Weapon, uh, Murtaugh, I believe, who yes. was perennially too old for this, this shit. Um, so that is more rooted in pop culture and nostalgia. Um, I started that with a friend of mine who passed away last November. So I'm still kind of like releasing episodes we still had in the bank, uh, working on that slowly, but surely. But ultimately, uh, in each episode, we revisit a, some sort of nostalgic topic, whether it was a movie, a TV show or a a music, an album, you know, and, uh, just trying to look at it with a more like nuanced, nuanced nostalgic lens because you know nostalgia is really big right now you know we have all these leg- legacy sequels and people always being like oh that was so good or why couldn't it be like this this was so much better back then or, <laughs> yep. but we're like but was it really like you know just being like honest like how much how well does this thing hold up for you like what did it do for you then versus what it does for you now if at all so it's you know we never every episode's very different um but yeah that's so that's one of them. And then the other one is a little newer. Uh, I've been working on this for about a month now with uh, my good friend, Sean. I grew up with the guy. We've known each other since we were eight years old. So that one is called Podcast 118, A Hey Arnold Reeducation. Hey. He and I have always been really big fans of Hey Arnold. So we are reviewing, reliving, and uh, recapping every single episode and move slash movie of Hey Arnold. We're still pretty fresh in there. We're only on the first season. So if anyone's curious, wants to check that out, um, you don't have to catch up, do too much catching up. If you have Hulu or Paramount Plus, you can just watch along, watch the episode and then listen to the corresponding corresponding uh, review and check out our, you know, our mixture of sort of like reverence. Oh, this is awesome. Or like this holds up so well versus kind of like just more acerbic modern day. Like we're just 
we're kind of making fun of it sometimes, but also just like it's all it's all out of love, really. But so that's those are the two podcasts I have going. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to plug. Yeah, <laughs> I've never dude. really had to do that before, <laughs> so that was new. So you were actually the one because I I'm a huge fan of Hayden Arnold, so I'll probably check that out. But you were actually the one I think you commented or something on our Instagram saying you guys should cover everything everywhere all at once and i was like i'm pretty sure i did yeah i was like i I haven't seen that movie yet i'm not i'm barely on instagram (laughs) so luckily ken was like hey someone actually commented and (laughs) recommending this movie and i heard a lot of things and we'll definitely get into that but michael so for us to get to know you a little bit better i want to ask you a really quick question it's it might be a little hard but uh what's your favorite movie genre and uh, what's your favorite movie in that genre? And that's an um, that's an amazing question, and thank you so much for asking me. No one's ever really asked me that straight up before in such a specific way. Um, I love I love action, I love comedies and stuff like that. But very specifically, something that I have a very just fondness, soft spot for, I would say are like coming of age coming of age like comedy drama like more feels a little more like you're kind of just existing or hanging out with the characters in a sense um my favorite movie in that under that umbrella would definitely be almost famous which is also one of my favorite movies just in general so yeah i highly recommend that who when that one come out i haven't seen that one 2000 i think i didn't see it when i was a kid or when it came out i think i saw it when i was in seventh or eighth grade so teenager and it's definitely got like kind of your sort of it it brings the feels for sure but not like in a heavy ham-fisted way it's just it's very feel good but it's definitely got like a lot of just understated kind of emotional truth to it as well too but yeah it's really good amazing music especially if you're into 70s era like classic rock and things like that you know what uh very strangely um, I actually haven't seen it as well. We may just have to uh, just add it, and then maybe we'll just bring you back on the podcast. And okay. basically, you could be our resident, uh, almost famous for sure uh, expert on this. On, that would on, be amazing. Yeah, I won't, I won't make you guys watch the uh, like the three hour plus director's cut. You just you could just watch the theatrical for that, <laughs> if at all. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah, we, we watch Justice League the Snyder cut. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, we're not afraid to, to um, I guess, put it in the time. I mean, For sure. <laughs> I mean, we re- we just recently watched uh, uh, an episode of TV that happened to be two and a half hours, uh, and we'll Didn't get to like that. Didn't feel like it though. Yeah. Didn't feel like it though. In my opinion, pretty, it, it, it actually went experience. by pretty quick. It did <laughs> go by pretty quick. Uh, didn't feel like that at all. But, um, guys, let's get right into our. Uh, podcast ritual where we usually talk about uh, one movie or TV show that we've watched in the last week. And in your case, uh, Michael uh, recently watched. And so, uh, Jeremy, do you want to kick us off uh, with the podcast ritual? Yeah, the show I want to bring today is actually something I talked to you about offline, and it's called The Old Man, starring Jeff Bridges. And it's on Hulu. It's on FX. It's basically a show about a former CIA agent that's basically now getting tracked by his own people. I was pretty interested in this show when I saw the trailer, and it's Jeff Bridges, so I was like, I'll check it out. Saw the first two episodes. It's pretty good so far, so I recommend it. Ooh. I, I It's it's on my list just because it hasn't gone too far. It's not too much of a time commitment. So Wait, how many episodes are, are currently out? I want to say four, and it comes out okay. every Friday. 
Every Friday? Oh, cool. So that and the boys, right? Yeah. And the boys is about to end pretty soon, too. Sadly. Yeah, I know. Too fast. Uh, Michael, uh, what's one you want to highlight for this week? Sure. Uh, So quick, I guess, just bringing in the other thing we discussed offline. So I'm referring to my uh, list of things I've seen so far this year in the year of our Lord 2022 on on, uh, the app Letterboxd, which you can use to this. This isn't like a sponsored thing or anything. I just think it's a really cool, convenient service. And I think if you like movies, you should definitely be using it. It's like Goodreads, but for movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's Letterboxd uh, with no E at the end. So it's like L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. Um, but yeah, on my list here, it's, um, the last thing I watched, if I'm just being like current and honest, uh, my fiance has never, had never actually seen it. So I showed her the last couple of days, I showed her Independence Day. So that was the last <gasps> movie I watched. Whoa. Yeah. I and, mean, uh, I mean, we, it, it was fitting. I mean, well, yeah, we're, we're sure. recording I'm this like, on July 6th, so. True. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah, I like it. and she she actually I was I was scared because I've had a couple of experiences where I like showed her something that like I considered to be like a a classic of its time and it didn't really play and I got a little crestfallen. But yeah. for this, like I figured the mileage was good because it's like you know it's hard not to like Will Smith and like she really likes Jeff Goldblum and I'm like this is you get plenty of Jeff Goldblum here. Um, he's like a more restrained version of Ian Malcolm. He's like a less annoying Ian Malcolm, essentially, in Independence <laughs> Day. Arguably, I think he's like more attractive in that in Independence Day than he is in Jurassic Park. But that I what? Think I don't know, dude. Like, I think it's DV. like I think I like this. Okay, like uh, did, okay. As my uh, I've overstayed my welcome. Uh, I'm, I'm, mess, I'm messing with you. <laughs> I know. No, I think Everyone the shorter hair, the shorter hair, and for some reason, but like and. I think the like the wife beater uh, like plaid combo like I think that just he just he just looks like a brick house of a dude like I don't know if he put on more muscle in that in that for that movie but no she really liked it it was really entertaining I forget even though it's two hours and twenty minutes it breezes by mm-hmm. but the only thing so I had like mixed feelings because I love the third act of that movie so much just the uh, the uh, you know. The climax is very Star Wars-like, you know, but I will say that this was, like, the first movie with, like, fighter planes I've seen post-Top Gun Maverick, and it's just ruined for me now. (laughs) I'm like, like, they're not, they're way too calm sitting in those cockpits. They're, like, sitting still, and you can't see the physical strain at all. Like, they're, they're totally faking it. But she did have the, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh. I don't want to spoil on accident, but Jeremy, you've seen it right, too, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, so, like, the problem is, like, her friend posted a meme for 4th of July that spoiled the movie because everyone's oh. like, oh, like, ev- respect to this brave man who gave his life for us. It's what? Randy Quaid's character, yeah. who, as a kid, I always thought was Robin Williams because I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> I used to I used to confuse actors a lot as a child. Um, but otherwise, it, it played very well. Uh, we might follow that up with Mars Attacks, which... I'm really I'm kind of scared to watch again because that movie really scared me as a child. But we'll we'll see we'll see. Oh, how, you're how really going nostalgia '90s, huh? I'd, yeah, I definitely live in that wheelhouse a lot of the time. Love it, I love it. Yeah. Hey, that that was like when I was growing up. Uh, yeah, that should tell you like the kind of the age gap that we have going on here today. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, uh, for for uh, my offering to the podcast ritual, I did see a, a brand new movie that's currently out in theaters. I did catch uh, Elvis. Um, it, it came out like a couple weeks ago, I believe. Uh, it's a movie about Elvis um, pr- 
Presley. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, and uh, I don't know. It's 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 a little bit on the long side. I mean, runtime's like two thirty nine, I believe. But the movie actually does go by pretty quickly. Uh, and I enjoyed it because of the musical performances. I, I feel like Austin Butler, who who does portray Elvis in this movie, did a really good job. Uh, he did all the mannerisms and everything uh, really well. Obviously, you get the Baz Luhrmann uh, production and everything. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard of this uh, one little known actor. His name is um, Tom Hanks. Oh, Tom He's actually Hanks. pretty good in this movie as well. Oh, yeah, I, th- I think he's from the Bay Area, I think, yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty so. cool. Good for him. <laughs> He's go. I hope he goes places. Yeah, you know what? I think if he continues on the path and you know, like, stays humble and works really hard, I think he could really make it in in Hollywood. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, definitely recommend to uh, to watch Elvis. Uh, I, I'm not even a huge Elvis fan, but I I took my folks. My dad's a huge Elvis fan, and that's uh, the main reason why we ended up uh, catching that last uh, last Friday. Nice. Hopefully, so. he liked it. Oh, he loved it. Okay, oh, yeah. We were, yeah, we were listening to uh, to Elvis on the way home. So, <laughs> needless to say, <laughs> so good. Uh, but guys, a- anyway, uh, before we get uh, get into uh, the reason why we're here, talking about everything, everywhere, all at once, let's do a little bit of episode cleanup. Where um, last week, episode seventy two, we did uh, talk about uh, one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies of all time, Bring It On, which came out in two thousand with uh, our good friend and friend of the podcast, Jackie. Uh, Jeremy, we ran a poll, didn't we? We did. It was on Bring It On. So, and the poll only had two choices. And the question was, who had the better routine, in your opinion, the Toros or the Clovers? And with 57%, the Toros actually come out on top this time. (laughs) Uh, I guess a plot twist, right? (laughs) I I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not in my no, opinion, I, I feel though. yeah i feel like both you and uh jackie gave really good um i guess i don't know I, I i guess you guys brought up good points in terms of you know we we were we were able to see like their um i guess re- reestablishing themselves as a team and everything they obviously uh were embarrassed over in regionals and uh i don't know i i you know what i i didn't realize it until i actually listened to the episode i forgot to actually give my winner so here exclusively on our everything everywhere all at once i gotta give a little bit of love to the clovers i actually thought it was a little just more uh like a well-oiled machine i felt like the toros although it had its spots it was a little i don't know kind of random with some of the stuff they just tossed in there so that's just my opinion on it but uh i don't know i guess everyone disagreed with me no that's all good man yeah. it's your guilty pleasure movie you do what you want it, it is, it is. But um, if you do want to vote on our episode-related polls every week, we do run them uh, the following day after a brand new episode on Tuesdays. Uh, we run it on Twitter and Instagram at Weekly Real. So, guys, this week, with her laundromat business failing, relationships with her husband, daughter, and father on the rocks. Uh, Evelyn Wong uh, must somehow survive the multiverse, including an IRS audit, to save the world in the 2022 A24 film. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Sometimes I have to say that really slow just to make sure I don't transpose those words. But here is your spoiler warning. Uh, We're doing that right now. Uh, 
if you haven't watched the movie, hit the pause button now. Watch it. It's available. It's still out in theaters. I think that's where Jeremy watched it recently. Um, Michael, I think when this originally came out earlier this year, he watched it a couple of times, right, in the theater? Yes, twice. Oh, man. So jealous of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up watching it on Apple because it's available to rent now on Apple, Amazon, YouTube, Redbox, etc. And so, guys, let's get right into the double feature uh, where I have a question that no one knows what I'm going to ask. And Jeremy also has the same. So my question for the double feature, it's a simple one. If you could pick one special power within everything, everywhere, all at once, which variant power would you pick? Uh, Jeremy, why don't you go first? You know, I almost said Kung Fu. Just like, it's like, oh, I still know Kung Fu. No, no, that was my, that was my Keanu. But <laughs> Whoa, whoa. Um, I would probably go with the, the Mega Punch with the Pinky. The, just you want the you want the pinky biceps yeah the pinky <laughs> i want the pinky biceps because yeah you know kung fu but look how strong one little punk uh, pinky flick did to some of these guys i think i would go with that yeah i mean it, it's pretty crazy you know uh when i saw that scene it reminded me obviously of uh kill bill volume two yeah uh, yeah and but i was like dude they just took it to another level with the pinky like biceps or i guess biceps right yeah yeah <laughs> doing yeah, a lot biceps. of cur- I, have yeah, you been I'm doing like a lot of to, curls trying to Jeremy? imagine the anatomy of that yeah that's it's a bicep for <laughs> yeah sure. yeah um, the, my <laughs> double jointed fingers sometimes have trouble with that is there a particular reason why you wanted the 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 buff pinkies I don't know. Like, is your pinky kind of weak right now? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. But at the same time, just, like, hitting people, like, across the room with just the pinky is pretty impressive. But at the same time, I don't want hot dog fingers, so. Ugh. (laughs) I guess that would be the opposite, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Which would you pick, uh, Michael? <laughs> For sure, I was gonna say real quick, just to piggyback off of uh, piggyback off of Jeremy's previous point. If you just wanted hot dog fingers on like a more recreational, casual scale, you could go. You could have. You could go to a twenty four dot com because they actually sell like prop fake hot dog fingers. Oh, did not know. <laughs> I, that. I think they're currently sold out. Be- of course, they are. We're probably gonna see a lot of those popping out around Halloween time. Uh, they do also sell. Uh, a, a, an official bag of googly eyes oh i want some googly eyes yeah i get like a hundred so varying sizes too so <laughs> do they also sell everything bagels Ooh. no they do also sell another prop uh of, from this movie but i might bury the lead and share that with you guys later <laughs> okay yeah, i gotcha um, but, hey i love the teaser you, yeah, you really an- are a pro yeah. at this thank you thank you <laughs> uh to answer it's nice to be on someone else's show it's a little lower pressure i get to just be in the moment let the hair down um i think the skill that i want this is i guess this is a little more practical for me um i love to cook but i am often i'm often not criticized but it, it gets pointed out that i'm a little slower in the kitchen than i should be or than i'd like to be um but i would love i don't need i don't need rakakuni but like i would i do just want like the, the tepin no. the, the benihana the benihana uh skill download that that hibachi yeah because i love watching people do that i like I, it's also really funny uh fun seeing people sometimes if you're at like a sora bowl i think it's called or saku japan at a food court you'll see people like practicing like they're mm-hmm. like 
working their way up to get to like a Benihana type restaurant. Benihana, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just it's pretty cool. Just like spin, I love spinning, spinning or, or the spatulas around and being able how, to how, cut. How's your how's your hand eye coordination right now? Is it is it uh, on on the road with being a hibachi? Uh, uh, maybe chef. not so maybe not so much. I mean I play the drums so like I can do thing I can like my hands can do things independently of each other. Mm. But yeah, I want to be able to like throw a throw an egg and like slice it in half with the spatula like <laughs> in, like it's an anime or something, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Uh one last question on this just because uh I mean, dude, I'm a foodie. What's your favorite uh I guess routine of that uh Benihana little shtick that they have going? My, what makes you still yeah. go ooh? I'm, I'm a ooh. sucker. Like I have very, I think Fourth of July definitely just reinforced that. I have a very simple taste. Like I like, I like fire and things yeah. blowing up. Yep. So yeah. the uh, I still remember the first time I saw the the onion volcano and the mm. guy he he lit it off. I was like twelve or ten, and he was like, <laughs> like he did this like maniacal laugh, laugh and stuff. So it was, it was really funny. But yeah, just like the way they. You know, fan out the onion, and then they just go boom that whole bit. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to take that? I mean, I'm sure you've been to a, a Benihana. Yeah, you got I, a favorite? I don't know if the volcano is my favorite because I feel like they th- there's a lot of showmanship in that with the with the lights and all that stuff too. Maybe my favorite is uh, the egg catching it like t- basically spinning it on their spatula and then able to catch it. Like in their pocket, in their chef's hat. I think that I found the egg yeah. thing pretty cool. Yeah, that was good. Um, I don't know. I got to give love to the the heart. Chi- uh, what do you got? Fried. Uh, what do you call it? Chicken fried rice. Yeah. Do the little heart thing, and it's like, oh man. Oh, yeah, and then make it beat. Make the heart. Oh beat. my god, the beating part. The I beating totally heart. Forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they <laughs> That's just- a good one. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like it, it just gets me hungry every time because yeah. I love my carbs. Shrimp throw, shrimp throw can make shrimp throw is a little stressful because you never know yeah. if they're gonna waste a perfectly good piece of shrimp. Oh, that's oh true. I know. Plus, I feel like you know if you're the one that's catching it, like if you do catch it, there's a real high probability that you're gonna burn your mouth because yeah. it's still too hot. True. Yeah. Um, to answer my own question real quick, I would probably go with. Uh, I mean. I got to be the actress, actress Evelyn or even uh, actress Wayman, just because I don't know. I felt like, well, because of the cinematography in this movie, they just make them look so glamorous and everything just to be able to have skills that be able to actually act. I'm a horrible actor whenever we do film (laughs) random short films. Right, Jeremy? Uh, That's why I'm usually uh, uh, basically an NPC. Um, <laughs> NPC. <laughs> I'm just in the background. So, uh, I would love to be able to be, to have the ability to emote on command and be an actual actor and not be all like stiff and everything like, Whoa, I know Kung Fu. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> not, I'm not throwing any shade at Ke- Keanu. I was just, yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Because that's twice now. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I love Keanu. So, like, do you think that famous version of Evelyn was actually, like, like actual Michelle Yeoh? Like, because you remember how they had, like, um, kind of flashes of, like, being famous, and then it was her on, like, the red carpet of Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah. I, thought, I found that I, out kind of funny. I think so. I, I want to say it was probably, like, different appearances of Michelle Yeoh at different premieres probably all right let me toss my half of the double feature into this and 
I was almost going to ask you guys, like, what if it was all the dream? Because it could be. But I had a better question. Um, what was your favorite random action to do verse jumping from into another universe? Because, you know, there was some weird stuff. <laughs> there Thank was God. some weird stuff. Thank you, for asking. Thank you for asking this question. <laughs> so, And they had to try many different things. Sometimes some things worked, some things didn't. So what was your favorite random action they <laughs> attempted or successfully did? Any, any character, right? Not just any, ca- yeah, women. any character. Okay, cool. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, There's so, Ken, so many. Or unless Michael. Uh, I mean, do you have one already in mind, Michael? Because I'm still I do, to think I do. Yeah, because right. I was like, I was waiting for it to come as I was going. It's like, oh, God, there it is. So. If I may, I will say I ha- I can. Could I start with my least favorite? Because I I for the life of me can't tolerate it. It's been three Go times now. Yeah, name so, as yeah, many as you want. When okay, yeah. when Wayman gives himself paper cuts, I can't <gasps> deal with oh, that at all. Ouch! Like it gives me just like flashbacks of the first Jackass movie when they just go around the room giving paper cuts to each other. Um, but I think Those my are no f- bueno. Yeah, I think my favorite verse jump. It's that part where uh, where Gong Alpha Gong Gong like. Call summons all the people to come and subdue Evelyn, and he's like, "Find your jumping pads now!" And then, like, the camera does this just like panning, slow pan of all the people in the office that have gathered, mm-hmm. and uh, you have that the big kind of stocky, bald security guy. He just he kind of turns his back slightly to the camera, but he just picks up a, do- a desk lamp and starts humping it. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot! I think I kind of missed that. Did I miss that? Well, no, it was like a cacophony. People are doing all this crazy. I can't even like. There's like ten other people in the shot, and I can't even remember what all those other people were doing because there was my, so many. Hills. My <laughs> eye just goes straight to the bald security guard humping <laughs> humping the the office lamp or whatever. Yeah, I was like, what am I watching right yeah. now? That was such a. Uh, I don't know. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I guess today's Keanu, Keanu day, but yeah, I was just like, uh, I don't know, just what the hell am I watching right now? There's just like so many absurd things that just come on screen, and, and but they make it look so glamorous the way they they uh, they film it. Any other ones that you wanted to throw out there, Michael? Um, well, I think there's uh, the uh, the the chapstick one that's definitely really funny Ooh. to me, and I'm just always thinking like, oh, he's probably just chewing like. They probably just made a fake chapstick with like candy or something or some kind of yeah. gum-like substance. Uh, I just thought right now I was like, oh, is this a reference to liar liar? Because there's a there's a part where Evelyn just takes like hand sanitizer and rubs it right into her eyes, and oh, it just yeah. reminds me of how Jim Carrey does the same thing when he's beating himself up in the in the, yeah. in the bathroom. Um, so there's that. Yeah, there's just so much. It's I kind of want to just watch it again and just write down every single weird verse jumping action. Oh well, I you know what I I was gonna say the uh, chapstick one, but just to I, I guess mention another one. What? Okay, so I I watched this really quick. So if I get some of the details wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. But did I uh, did I see Evelyn snort a, a fly or something like that? It was it I was know something she snorted like something. It was because it was like uh, it was that pinky scene, right? Oh, and then totally. all of a sudden, okay. like, she just ended up snorting something. Pro- and then... I wouldn't put it past her at that point because she was, like, pinned up against the pillar with the office chair. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that it... she swallows a stone, like, little frog paperweight thing. Like, that's pretty messed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh. 
And then the, there was the the ping also. I mean, I yeah, guess she, that was yeah, the she, default. It, yeah, <laughs> we get this movie. If nothing else, this movie ping should showed us Michelle Yeoh, a like literal like film royalty, you know, straight up goddess, like pissing herself. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, she was she was definitely very versatile. I mean, she was game for she, she was game for whatever this movie had to throw at her action star drama. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, comedy. Yeah. <laughs> she did it all. <laughs> she literally had to do any weird stuff that they threw at her. And I don't know. Everyone did such a good job in this. What my favorite for to answer my own question, though, it would be your least favorite, Michael. The, the paper cuts just because mm. of how <laughs> um, the commentary of uh, I think it was was it Alpha Raymond talking Wayman? yeah isn't he trying to like explain how the verse jumping works while giving himself the paper cuts he's like yeah. giving the exposition he's like the weirder is like the more out of place it is the better chance you have at a jump he's like ah, ah. yeah he's like the, the chances of this actually happening with it all between to get four paper cuts is like one in 1,000 or whatever million or chances, and he just kept trying, and I was like, that's like my worst Cringy. nightmare. <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, you, you can't give paper cuts to yourself. It's like it's like trying to tickle yourself. Like, it's so hard to commit to commit to that. Yeah, that, that, that something just crawled in my skin when, when that was happening. But that was my favorite, though, weirdly enough. <laughs> But seriously, though, that chapstick did look really good. Like, I kind of wanted some, like, Laffy Taffy or uh, whatever that thing was, even though it was really supposed to be chapstick. Yeah, that was... I don't know if I would do that, man. <laughs> I bet you that was Starburst. <laughs> eh, let's hope so. No, method acting, man. He actually did... He chewed uh, chapstick. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to... Um, the part of the episode where we do like to involve the audience. Uh, and so uh, our audience question this week is, I mean, this is a multiverse movie, right? And so, I mean, we've covered two of them this season. And so we just, it's a, it's a simple this or that. Which multiverse movie going experience did you enjoy more? Everything, everywhere, all at once? Or Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Man, these movie titles are pretty darn long. Uh, off the top of your head, uh, Michael, you're our guest. Which one do you? Pr- uh, which one did you enjoy more? Uh, I think ultimately, I think ultimately this uh, this movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, told a better multiversal story. Which, as crazy as it is to say, because it's so out there, it was ultimately really relatable, at least for me, because. I actually have had, well, which I guess technically there's some Doctor Strange uh, overlap here because I've actually routinely, like a few times a year, I'll have dreams about, you know, wondering about like what direction my life would have taken if I had made a different decision. So like technically you could say that I was dream walking or whatever, but um, I think in terms of using the concept of the multiverse to bring it back to like a really just human human grounded emotional story of like looking at the decisions that you've made or could have made or didn't make and trying to just make your peace with all that. Uh, I found that to be, I think it was, and even though I think, you know, Dr. Strange kind of tread on similar ground, I think this one kind of did it better. Jeremy Mm, movie watching experience. I would probably go with Dr. Strange just because it was a full house and huge crowd. Uh, but movie, better movie overall. 
I would probably go with everything everywhere all at once. Man, I I completely agree with you. I, I I'm I'm really bummed that I got to only see this at home as a rental. Um I would have loved to have watched it um at a packed house. Actually, Michael, you you know, when you watched yeah. it uh the first time, you saw it at a packed house, right? Yeah. So I guess yeah, I guess I could speak to that experience too. So my first time seeing it was at the Alamo Draft House. Have you have either of you had the opportunity to see a movie there before? Mm-mm. I have I not. Highly recommend it. Uh, it's in the mission, you know, there's like a full menu and everything. It's in a restored movie house. So it's really nice. Um but the thing about that theater is it's very echoey because I think there's like a concrete floor and the ceiling's pretty high. And just looking around, it was such a cool spread. You know, if you go to a Marvel movie, I think it's generally a certain demographic, age-wise yeah. um, and whatnot, and just the yeah, overall vibe. But here it's interesting because you have people, say, closer to my age who probably are familiar with the Daniels from uh, Swiss Army Man. But then I was looking around, there's also older folks there who probably are just, you know, have followed Michelle Yeoh's career all these years. So it's like a really widespread of people. And we were all basically experiencing the same reactions and emotions, but there was this certain sense of hesitancy where we're just like, what just happened? Like, did that just happen? It, yeah. We saw it happen, but is this is this actually happening right now? Like, throughout the whole movie. So is this, this joint thing of like, we're not really sure what's going on, but we're, we're, we're down for the ride. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that would... It, minds were just blown throughout the movie just because there's so many uh so many scenes that were just out there but uh, there were some gorgeous shots out there I, I i feel like it this movie was just probably one of the most cinematic movies that i've ever seen so, in a very yeah. weird way definitely in a very good weird way. way yeah yeah but um guys if you do want to um chime in on this audience question Definitely get back to us uh, via social medias. We got a Twitter and an Instagram as well as uh, other socials. Right, Jeremy? Yep. It's going to be at Weekly Real on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if they want to get back to us to answer the audience question themselves, they can even email us. And at, where would they do that? <laughs> uh, you know, weeklyreal at yahoo.com. Oh. At Yahoo. Mm-hmm. Weekly Who real. has a Yahoo? Well, actually, you know what? I, I still do. I can't even talk I to you. I follow Yahoo. Yahoo. <laughs> my, first, my first email address from third grade. I still have it. <laughs> nice. nice. Oh, what's your yeah, username? Th- no, I'm just kidding. I won't ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you he used Yahoo Messenger when it was still a thing. Probably. Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah. My God. When AIM was down, you had to do what you had to do to survive. Yeah. <laughs> you had to do what you had to do. Uh, but to uh, clarify, Jeremy, it is weeklyrealpod at Gmail. So, fellas, let's take a quick break. All righty, guys. Welcome back from the break. And let's get into our weekly real awards. Michael, the weekly real awards are basically silly little names for... Like best holy shit moment, favorite character and all that stuff. And actually, our first one is going to be the language award for best holy shit moment. And I'll let you have first dibs. That's really tough because in a movie full of holy shit moments, Mm -hmm. it's almost like just, you know, throwing a dart and just seeing where it lands. 
But if I'm going off like sheer visceral in theater reaction, like, oh my God, are you serious? This is happening right now. So I guess this is bringing back what I said earlier in the episode of like, oh, like another thing that's on sale at a24.com. So that is to say, for me, what came up, and I'm actually really curious to see what what um, what your guys' uh, choices are. So I'm just going to go straight with the the comeback round. So first you see Deirdre, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Deirdre Bobirdre, which is like, why would you name her that? That's so freaking hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> you see her pl- point to her like employee of the month award or whatever it is. That's kind of like, so you see, you don't get to this level without blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, that's funny. That trophy looks, looks like, a, like a butt plug, whatever. Uh-huh. And like... <laughs> But then to see that it becomes the focal point of this elaborately choreographed fight scene, like it becomes the thing that they're like, it's kind of playing keep away. Evelyn's playing kind of keep away with, with the security guard and the other guy whom they're brothers. Actually, did you guys catch, catch that? Not. Yeah. So they're like, uh, I guess they're martial artists and fight choreographers. I think they found them off on YouTube. I think the Daniels did. And then at the very least the redheaded one, uh, in the plaid shirt, he went on to play the uh, what's his face, the Death Dealer in Shang Chi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's him in the in the blue suit and everything, just flippy dippy all over that movie. Um, so yeah, that and like the whole him just like coming down slow motion. <laughs> the fact that they pixel blurred his his lower parts made it even funnier. <laughs> and then just that whole thing of that thing where they're coming at her and then she sort of like swoops and pulls both objects out. That was a, yeah, genuinely, genuinely worthy, I think, of, of the award, you know? And yeah, she's like, she's kind of like trying not to throw up after. Yeah, literally, one of my favorite, well, that's a weird thing to say, favorite shots of the movie is that slow motion jump with, you know, ass down. Yeah, he's like kind of cannonballing in a sense, in a, in a weird way. He's actually wearing a uh, an outfit that uh, ladies like to wear at night, you know, when you're just hanging out. And then, like, sometimes, you know, there isn't any clothes around. And so they have to wear, I guess, whatever man shirt uh, button up is there. And that's literally it. And, but it's a dude that's doing it this time. And he doesn't have any bottoms, just like Michael alluded to. Very strange. <laughs> but, yeah, that was actually definitely on my list as well. But in, in the interest of... Mentioning a different scene because you know, dude, this this uh, this movie is just full of holy shit moments. I remember the reaction that I that uh, you know, like that I had when when I first saw this scene is when they just slowly or just abruptly just transition into the rocks scene where you basically get um, Evelyn and you get uh, Joy just you know just having literally it's just. Uh, just a picturesque scene and it's just like literally just dialogue that you read on the screen and it's just there and I just thought it was like what am I watching right now but it was a very poignant scene it was out of nowhere super creative um, and I it it's probably one of the most creative scenes that I can remember uh, recently watching so uh, I want to throw some love at that rock scene yeah, totally. Especially with just the kind of barrage, the visual audio onslaught that is the rest of the movie leading up to that point. It really forces you to like take a breather and just actually take in. Because mm-hmm. I think at this point, you know, Joy already kind of goes into all of her 
you know, her very nihilistic speech and like her position that like nothing means anything. And it actually forces you to kind of sit with her words and consider whether or not she has a point, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like this scene also was like the kind of like a, a little bit of a turning point where you could see some of the cracks in her, I guess, armor a little bit, because like you said, she was very nihilistic throughout the whole, uh, for the majority of the movie. And, um, I felt like the relationship uh, took a turn for the better between mother and daughter in that scene in such a weird way where it's obviously the fact that, the, you know, it's a, it's supposedly a setting where life doesn't exist, but then it, there's just a sereneness of, uh, of the scene. And I, and I really appreciated it on so many levels, but uh, for me, the creativity just trumps uh, even everything else about this scene. I loved it. It's weird how that scene works because in any other movie, <laughs> it's like, it's the we like this whole movie to me was like, this could have gone really horribly <laughs> if it was not done well. It's like what the the whole movie is what the hell am I watching? But it's like it's like a train wreck in a good way that you can't stop watching. And I think this was weird to say that that scene, even though it's the most quiet scene is the most out there scene in the whole movie because it's literally two rocks talking to each other <laughs> yeah without saying anything like literally uh my winner i guess is a simple one because they alluded to it at the beginning of the movie it's like oh um when evelyn's trying to explain uh when they're when waymond from the alpha verse is taking over her waymond and all that stuff it's like oh you know like the movie like the one the, the like and then she's basically explained uh ratatouille so my holy shit moment <laughs> is when she visits a different universe and there's a raccoonie <laughs> <laughs> there's an actual raccoonie an actual raccoonie and she pulls off the the chef's hat and there's a raccoon on uh harry shum jr's head i was like <laughs> what <laughs> who who thinks of this stuff well, you think that it's just a throwaway reference, right? And then all of a yeah. sudden, they actually take the time to actually show it. Yeah, I love stuff like that where they set it up, and then you like it's so out there you don't forget about it, but then it actually pays off. Yeah, this movie is full of really great everything. Almost everything that's set up is paid off at the end, and that's like to me that, that I really respect that in storytelling. Like you could tell they really care and they really. It's, you know, whether you catch it the first time or the second time or you just it's that much more satisfying the second time around. Um, did you guys catch at all who was voicing Rekakuni perchance? Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't have it. I didn't okay. do that. Deep of a dive. <laughs> no, so, no, they could have they could have gone that way. Um, but so this joke, I was like, oh, my God, this makes it so much funnier. So because they're singing a little like ditty, like the culinarily or family, this very bouncy thing. So they actually got Randy Newman to voice Rakakuni. Oh wow! Whoa! What the hell? <laughs> but then to me, that makes the joke even like dumber because, like, if we're if we want to get technical, he didn't even compose the music to Ratatouille. Yeah, <laughs> like he is the Pixar, like the original Pixar composer. But yeah, it wasn't Michael Giacchino. But upon second listening, I'm like, oh, that sounds like one of his songs from James and the Giant Peach, which I haven't seen in, a, in forever. But a lot of like there's a song very bouncy like oh we're family we're family like something like that so 
So that's a, that's I such thought, a it's crazy flex <laughs> just to be able to pull uh, Randy Newman just like that. For real, it's like he's like, yeah, right, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> got you. See, that's a good catch. I wouldn't even guess to to research that. Uh, so I think I think I caught it in the credits because well, I sat through the credits. I'm like, wait, Randy Newman? <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, Let me look that up. <laughs> yeah. Is this real? Like you were mentioning, everything's written so well in this. Um, nothing is like included just for the hell of it. And I think that is a testament to like the writing and how well the characters are done in this movie, uh, which leads perfectly into the I Am Groot Award for favorite character. And Michael, who's your favorite character? Oh, this is such a toss up. Um, and we're talking okay. variants too. Yeah. We're including mm. all the vi- different variants. So no, if you no, get exactly. Really specific, exactly. Go for it. Exactly. So I think for me, it's like I have a favorite character, but I have a favorite performance mm. at the same time. So is it okay? Give both. Give break. Both. Okay. Yeah, break it down. So I do want to say, I really want to give her flowers because she really anchors the whole thing. So I, I think just Stephanie Shu's performance as Joy slash Jobu Tupaki, like. She is so good. I think I first saw her in an episode. I know I've I checked. I looked up like what else she's done. I haven't really seen Marvelous as Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but I first saw her in an episode of Aquafina's show, Nora from Queens. Oh, okay. so she's in like one episode of that, and I thought she was funny there. And then I saw her. She had that really small part in Shang Chi, but to see her here, it's like you know the for you know I think they always kind of say like the best villains are the ones that you kind of like agree with. You're like, Oh, I see I see what Killmonger's getting at. You know, it's mm-hmm. a little, mm-hmm. it's a little too bloodshedy, but he's got a point. Like for this, it's like we have every, you know, with joy, it's so hard to, to disagree with her. Like, especially now, like with everything that's happening in our world, the last couple of years, or just really in general, if you really want to look Dude, at it, let's re- not pretend just, any of this stuff is new. Yeah, just like there's months. so many reasons to, want to just throw in the towel and say like screw it and you know just throw yourself into an everything bagel and it's like mm-hmm. really compelling it's she's all it's almost like she's just every it's like she's speaking for every like disaffected like millennial who like doesn't thinks there's no way to break free of these of this monotony or of this the cycle yeah of this cycle or of just all of this all of this negativity and whatnot. And it's, it's really compelling. And it's also, but just yeah, the way she like shifts and she has this like swagger about her, you know, um, one of my other favorite, like, holy shit scenes is just when she's just like going, going to town on the security guards. And it's, <laughs> it's very, it's very Thanos esque, you know, or like Wanda just like using all, you know, just using all of her mm-hmm. like reality bending powers to like turn, turn, you know, bullets into vape smoke or whatever it is, or turn, batons into other sexual objects sorry oh back to my previous point my bad on the a24 website you can actually buy a candle in the shape of the the uh the phallic shaped uh, penis trophy oh no it was a it was a a butt plug candle actually but yeah okay so there's that (laughs) but yeah she just she's like and I'm, i'm genuinely pretty like i'm like scared of her at some points of the movie you know she just has this kind of like dripping kind of like yeah i know i'm bad kind of thing and her costumes were so good (laughs) yeah they were crazy yeah i got i got a soft spot for just like the elvis 
the 70, you know, the Elvis white outfit with the pig for some reason. I think that's still my favorite one. Just she makes such a grand entrance with that. But in terms of favorite character, I think it's still, I think I'm just going to have to give it to Alpha Waymond because, mm. because definitely to just give, put this man, give this man, yeah, his respects uh, that he deserves. Like to just see Ki Hoi Kwan make this comeback. Short round. Uh, yeah, short round data from the Goonies. And, you know, uh, as a kid, you know, we didn't really, I didn't have a lot of, you know, kind of Asians in movies to look up to. It was like him and Rufio. That's kind of all I had yeah. growing up. So it's just to see him kind of back and he's around my parents' age, but he's just totally just killing it and kicking so much ass, but just so much. And, he has that very thankless task of being like the exposition dump machine guy, yeah. but he does it so well and it's all so compelling. But then he, uh, so I just, I just really loved seeing that. And, um, and then when he like switches back to like regular women, he kind of sounds like, it sounds like the version of him from the, he's just very like flustered and like, Hey, what is it? What's going on? What's going on? Like, like, he has he that actually very, sounded like, a lot like frant- uh, Ken Jeong yeah. a little bit too. A <laughs> wow. little bit, yeah. Is that that kind of like frantic, like human Muppet kind of energy yeah. sometimes? Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, actually, you know, just to kind of um, add to it, uh, Alpha Alpha Wayman was my favorite, and just to kind of add to what you've already said, because I agree with everything you just mentioned. I loved how he was. Um, one of the emotional pillars of this movie because he was literally basically, you know, just, um, I, he was mentioning to, he was talking to Evelyn in a way where it's like, dude, you got to be kind, you know, like you've got to be able to, um, you know, because there's so many just random, like negative stuff happening. I mean, if you're talking about like how we can relate it to our universe here in uh, earth 616, uh, we it's it's basically just like us dealing with like I don't know mass shootings or just like uh, like the the uh, how polarizing politics are uh, nowadays and just like everything is just just so negative in, in everything that we do see in in the news uh, even pop culture and some of the stuff that we deem as like as you know escapism I uh, negativity is just creeping everywhere but. To be able to see Alpha Wayman, you know, obviously, first of all, he was just, you know, he's a kick-ass character. He, like, the way he kicked everyone's ass with a freaking fanny pack in the beginning, I was like, holy shit. You know, it obviously gave, uh, you know, Jackie Chan's the obvious uh, comparison there. But I felt like he was very, um, I guess, versatile enough to be able to be um, one of those where you could just relate to him and you know like he was the emotional heart of uh, of this movie in my opinion um and he was so good in everything that he did whenever he was on screen so i thought he was actually a little underrated just because you know obviously michelle yo and uh um and and stephanie sue uh yeah. chu sorry um I'm horrible with pronouncing Asian names, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they like those three, that family, oh man, they were, they were just all good. And, and they just did a really good job. See, um, mine is going to be like, I totally agree with both of you guys. I'm actually going to go with regular women. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's who, so I think that's actually who Ken was referring to. Cause it's like the mm. base 
base universe yeah. women who's like please be kind like he's that's all kind of he's got to go off of but yeah it's it's really nice that he's ultimately the most like art the most ordinary one he he's got the most meaningful thing to share with evelyn out of all of them even though like alpha women he's he's kind of like if we're looking Bad at this in terms of like yeah if we're talking about this in terms of like hero's journey terms he's kind of like the obi-wan kenobi he's like I'm breaking all this down for you. Here's what you need to do. This is how you do it. This is how you use the force, blah, 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 blah. But then the regular women, he's, again, they have that emotional center. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys might need to help me with this, though. Um, the Wayman, who was the Wayman that said, I just want to, like, because they basically set this up where um, Evelyn was saying, you know, I, I wish, like, there was a world or something I that I didn't run away with you. Right, mm. and there was a wayman that basically said, uh, "I just want to do laundry and taxes yeah. with you." Such a good yeah. line. So that's like the kung fu Evelyn, but I think they actually refer to him as businessman Wayman or something, because mm. they like drifted apart all those years, and he like he's like, "Oh, I saw you on a billboard. I don't know if you remember me." So he, I think he just goes to that premiere party or whatever, just on the off chance of running into her. Yeah. So they're kind wow. of like those like what cut what might have been he, she's like the one who got away for him in that universe mm-hmm. which is what like my favorite line of the whole movie and it's much not much better it's better than i love you in every universe Ooh. good pull shoot yeah if we're kind it. of like again it's total apples and oranges but it's like yeah this is like far it's far more poignant you're totally right yeah i felt like those uh those scenes that you're uh, the dialogue scenes again uh, exposition right uh, but I felt like those the dialogue was so good in those like you know generally speaking it's like okay you know there's gonna be some parts of the movie sometimes you'll oh I gotta check my phone or, uh, or whatever I was glued to my TV um, during those scenes with uh, was it actress Evelyn and the businessman women or uh, whoever he was I mean, he was looking pretty good with that uh, with the suit um, it was pretty you know it Definitely different than uh, regular Wayman, uh, the way he was kind of dressed. So Yeah, very dad mode. <laughs> yeah, he was. Asian Steve from Blue's Clues. <laughs> that's that's very accurate also. <laughs> Holy crap. That is too good. I, oh I say that, I, I laugh, but I'm also preparing myself for to hear a lot of that because I'm actually cosplaying as that next uh, in a few weeks, a couple weeks at Comic-Con <laughs> with my, oh, nice. yeah, my fiancé is Evelyn, so we like... Got there you go. our outfits are pretty close. I couldn't find the exact like generic uh, green shirt. Like I would have had to go to Chinatown in L.A. to find it because that's where the costume designer got it. But yeah, I am fully prepared for a lot of people to think I'm Steve from Blue's Clues. But that's fine. That's fine. I'll Ooh, just hit guys, them. I'll just I'll just whip them with the fanny pack if they if they you know if they hey, come uh, to me you, with that disrespect. If you do take those uh, couple photos during Comic Con, a hey, please tag at Weekly Real. We'll go ahead and. Uh, you know, throw some love your way. Oh, we'll, thank we'll you. Go ahead yeah, and repost. We'll, def- we'll definitely do that. Thank you. <laughs> Share it on our story and everything. Yeah, for, for sure. For sure. Uh, the next award I want to give is the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. And I feel like there's a lot in this movie. This movie's fairly long for the type of movie it is. Uh, Michael, you want to go first? Yeah. So to kind of just double down, I that whole that whole speech that business went businessman Wayman gives about like I know you think I'm foolish blah 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 like you know I know things are bad but like my 
I'm butchering it, but he essentially says it like my kindness or my optimism is strategic and necessary. Cause that's, I found that extremely relatable. Um, there's a lot, yeah, there's so many reasons to be cynical and, you know, I definitely find myself, uh, slipping into that from time to time, you know, but this, um, that's also a big part of like businessman Wayman's philosophy is actually like a big part of how I like to sort of try to go about my day personally, professionally or whatever. So that, that scene just like, I didn't, wasn't expecting it all at all, but that scene just really made me feel like seen, you know, that made me feel like, oh, there's actually, there are people like me out there. Like, I don't, I'm not just some like foolish, like, uh, foolish kind of like naive person who doesn't know what he's doing. Like there, there is a purpose to it. So it definitely made, it helped make me feel validated in, within the context of this crazy, uh, crazy crazy movie yeah what's crazy about this movie is how deep it can be it's like i don't know with all these other multiverse movies the it's very surface level i feel like dr strange is one of them like i was going into this movie just being like yeah i'll have a good time nothing too crazy don't need to learn no existential crisis in this movie or anything like that, or in Doctor Strange. Even comparing to another episode that we did, uh, was it was it last season? Ken Matrix Resurrections, mm-hmm. yeah, where it's season. like the universe stuff, and it tries to be all deep and and deliver a message that really ultimately makes no sense. <laughs> um, but this movie surprisingly delivers its message really well. So I I have to give it that. Yeah, what actually, you know, um, while we were talking about multiversal stuff, I actually, instead of like comparing it to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Loki in certain regards uh, with uh, some of the exposition and and I guess more heart than it should actually have uh, within a movie that's all like that on the surface looks like, oh, it's crazy multiverse action and all that stuff. So um I thought uh, it was very surprising in in the way it got us to break it down and, and relate to it on a, a completely different level um, emotionally. So um, is your favorite scene? Because my guess offline was that your favorite scene was going to be a really quiet moment. Was I correct? It wasn't. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the more obvious uh, <laughs> scenes. Uh, one of my favorite was uh, the final Evelyn and a Jobu Tupaki fight. Yeah. Uh, mm. Just because dude, like it was like the fight choreography was just crazy. First of all, but they managed to just throw in a little bit of comedy, just kind of randomly. And then the mm-hmm. cinematography was just completely nuts in certain parts where it just seemed like different flashes of backgrounds and different multi, uh, uh, universes happening all at once or whatever. And then I don't know. It's just, uh, I feel like this is something that, like marvel can kind of borrow some of uh some of the um i guess themes and like kind of like the way they they will kind of show some stuff if they do uh go deeper into the multiverse like what we think we're we think we are but i just love uh that final confrontation between the two and i thought it was just so well done i was glued to my tv i was at the edge of my seat i just kind of i was like okay how is this gonna end you know uh because they could have gone in so many different ways but uh i don't know Uh, just the way they were able to kind of have that um final confrontation of the different viewpoints of 
how uh, each of the characters were throughout the movie. It was so good. Mm. Yeah, I I think it thematically it's really interesting too. Real quick, just is that the is that fight the one where it all of a sudden just hard cuts and they're pinatas? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I didn't expect that at all. That was like I didn't weird. either. I got so like is this static shot of two pinatas just dangling <laughs> and one of them's like kind of like cut like in busted half a little open. Bit. Yeah, like, busted in shit. half. Yeah. So I think that's yeah, and I think it's uh, again owing looking at that sort of generational thing. If you're looking at this as I mean, this is ultimately like a drama about like you know, an Asian American family who's having trouble connecting. And it's almost like you spend so like, it's like, if you look at it, it's like joy spends so much time. She's like looking for an, an Evelyn who's going to understand her and who's going to like, see, going to see things her way or whatever. But it's like, and I think that's a very universal desire for so many like first generation American uh, Asian American kids where it's like we just want our you just want your parents to like get you you know on the in, the in the way that you want them to but it's almost like when Evelyn finally decides that she wants to kind of come through for her daughter it's like it's almost uh it's almost that's kind of like goodwill hunt, goodwill hunting thing she's essentially like going like it's not your fault to, to joy you know but joy's like it's like she's so flabbergasted she can't like fully Accept she what's, accept it. What's yeah. being what's being given or offered to her, so she's continuing to fight her on it to almost almost to the bitter end. But ultimately, it all works out fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it really does. Like you, you like you you have hope that it's all going to work out, but you don't really know exactly how it's going to go. But it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. Ultimately, it's just this. We're, we're getting we're getting so much good like content in terms of movies addressing generational trauma. I'm so that's it's amazing that that's. People are like, yeah, audiences are ready for this. There's a whole, turns out there's a whole bunch of people who will, who want that. That's representation in and of itself too. So I think that's amazing that we're getting this in these big high concept movies. Completely agree. That leads perfectly into my favorite scene because my favorite scene is that, that ending argument slash climb like finale of the movie where they're arguing outside of the laundromat uh evelyn and joy yeah Uh, that was so good because like you said the movie is ultimately about the family the three people that make up the family and how they're kind of having to deal with how to live with each other (laughs) um and it, it reminded me of how they kind of set it up in in the very beginning of the movie. Also, outside of the laundromat uh, during the day, Evelyn is actually chasing down Joy to her car and all that stuff. And in a way, she wants to say, I love you and all that stuff, right? But uh, growing up Asian, sometimes you're, that's hard to say. You're getting fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's exactly what she says. And that's what... It's very accurate <laughs> to, you know, uh, at least in my experience, <laughs> where it's like, it's hard to say I love you sometimes in a very stoic culture. And so, yeah, it's like, you got fat, eat healthy. <laughs> and basically, it, by the end, uh, the scene that I'm talking about, my favorite scene, the end of the movie, instead of saying like, oh, you got fat and all that stuff, it's like she ultimately like says, I love you in this very uh, wonderful speech. Yeah, it, it, I love how um, in the very beginning, it's a throwaway line, but um, Joy is, uh, I guess, explaining to Becky that, oh, she's probably going to say something like, you, you know, you're, you got fat, but that really means that she cares uh, because 
you know, she knows that her, you know, her, her parents, especially her mom, um, kind of has a hard time kind of vocalizing, um, like their feelings and, and putting it into the correct words. And, and, you know, part of it maybe, yeah, uh, language barrier, but, um, you know, for the most part, it's just sometimes it's not how we're built or certain people are built, you know, like I want to say, <laughs> Uh, I feel like a majority of us have a hard time actually showing and saying how we feel um, in, in a lot of situations uh, versus people that can actually do that sort of thing. So uh, the next thing we're going to do is actually the guess the Ron tomato score. Michael, we're always excited to have a guest get guest guess on <laughs> the show Tongue because sphere. this, I mm. feel like it's one of our favorite things to do here. Ken is actually winning still, unfortunately. Oh, snap. I see. <laughs> uh, Ken, you're up 29-22. Yeah. I'm in 22. Andrea's in 14. Michael, you'll be, uh, I guess, guessing for the guest's honor. Yeah, okay. Well, no, actually, uh, Andrea does have a guess okay. um, yeah. that she okay. was able to send in. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, guest's honor. I mean, th- uh, I think we keep mentioning it. Season one, from the get-go, guests have been kicking our ass. So uh, you got to uphold that tradition on behalf Snap. of the past guests. No pressure. I think this I think this one is pretty high up there. I know Rotten Tomatoes is a very fickle, fickle website. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not super optimistic about my guests, but I think it's actually like, I think it's pretty, I think it's like in the 94, 95 range. It, I'm going to go with 94. 94. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's really close to what Andrea guessed. Um, she s- emailed her her guess in yesterday. She guessed ninety three. Okay. <laughs> um, for my guess, I was a little bit more uh, optimistic. I was like, uh, let's add a couple more points. Let's go with ninety six. Darn it, Ken. Because <laughs> I also guessed ninety six. Okay. All right. Darn it. I'll take the tie. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. from top would be me and Ken at ninety six, Andrea yeah. wait, Michael at ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah, Andrea, Andrea ninety three. Yeah. And I'm looking it up right now. This is gonna be complicated, Ken. You might need to help me with this. Alright, got you. The with three hundred and twenty one reviews. Whoa, that's it hot. is at ninety five. Percent. Are you serious right now? <laughs> oh man, I should have just gone with the five. I was like, I don't want to do multiple. Yeah, dude, you would have got it. It's spot on. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so what's weird is that me and Ken have the same score, but yeah. we're all first. our margins are the same. We're only off by one, except mm-hmm. for Andrea, unfortunately. Yeah. So w- would we all tie for first? first? Yes. Darn, so we man. both get three. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Like, what, once I got the tiles, I was like, all right, cool. I get the seven-point lead still for next week. Yep. So, Ken, updated score would be 32 for you, would be 25 for me, and Andrea still at 14. And, Michael, you are still withholding or upholding Hey. The guest honor. <laughs> we were all tied. Okay. We were all tied. It's all good. It's fine. Consistency's good. Yeah. We like it. We like it. But the one award that really matters is the I Love You 3000 award for rating it from 1 to 3000. So it's a, it's I know it's a weird number, probably, but uh, what would you rate 
everything, everywhere, all at once, from one to three thousand. Man, I mean, I don't remember the last time a movie like captured my imagination like this. You know, I've I've had I haven't been able to really stop thinking about this movie since it came out. I've been just doing so many deep dives. Uh, I bought the Blu-ray that came in the mail yesterday, so I'm super stoked to check out all the featurettes, listen to the commentary by the directors and everything. Nice. And this movie's just so special, dude. And it's, uh, again, uh, on my, my Letterboxd account, it's definitely my number one movie of the year. Oh, I don't nice. think that needle's gonna move. I don't think it's gonna be edged out of that position by anything in the next in the next uh, five months now. Um, so I honestly feel like I'm just gonna give max it out at three thousand. Oh, like, oh, I can't really second three thousand. I, I love can't really. It. What was the what was the other? Uh, sorry, uh, let me remind me what was the other movie to have gotten that. Uh, so uh, the other movie was. Dr- <laughs> Wait, not Jurassic World. Wait, was it? No, <laughs> no it wasn't Jurassic World. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> it oh, was, it uh, was Top Gun Maverick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would, I'd give a 3,000 to Top Gun Maverick, too. <laughs> I would have done that. I would have done the same yeah. thing. Um, but, yeah, I just, I can't, it's, I can't really find anything wrong with this movie. It's just that it took, it's like, it only that it took this long for a movie like this to happen, but it also feels like the exact movie that we needed, that, you know, audiences, out the community needs right now. Mm-hmm. It, it basically, like, that experience definitely helps and timing uh, of the world and maybe of your own life as well basically plays into that, I feel like. Ken, what about you? Are you going to be a little bit higher <laughs> than 3,000? <laughs> 3,001! <laughs> no, um, I actually had to look up uh, my Top Gun Maverick score. And right now, it's narrowly just below Top Gun Maverick, but only because I've seen Top Gun Maverick four times. I've only seen this movie once, and nice. but I have bought it also, just like but I have the digital version, and I feel like upon further rewatches, this actually has a chance of leapfrogging Top Gun Maverick by the end of the year. But for now, I'm giving it a 2730 at 91%. Ooh, okay. I'm going to be a little bit conservative because like Ken, I've only seen it the one time. I feel like I need to watch it again. I feel like it's a rewatchable movie, so that goes into my score as well. I'm giving it a 2610 out of 3,000, 87%. But I feel like it could make my top five of the year easily. And I just need to rewatch it again. I feel like when I know the behind the scenes stuff, I catch all the references and little nuances of the movie. I think I'm going to like it uh, a lot more, which is saying a lot because I really. I still already like this movie. Uh, one of my most anticipated movies of the year, though, because I wasn't expecting everything everywhere all at once. Yes, I tried to say that as fast as I could. Um, my most anticipated, though, is Thor, Love and Thunder, and Ken. That's what we're going to be... You want to preview that for next week? <laughs> yes, I can. I mean, you kind of spoiled it for me, but... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm too excited. Yeah, next week, just like Jeremy says, we are watching Thor Love and Thunder. It's basically, we get Jane Foster. She is returning to the MCU alongside Thor to fight a brand new villain, Gore the God Butcher, 
in the fourth installment of the Thor franchise and next and the next movie within the MCU's phase four. So I'm definitely excited. I, th- I believe we're all watching it. I mean, we're again recording this on Wednesday, July 6th. I believe we're watching it all opening day slash night tomorrow. Correct. Yep. 9.25 p.m. That's where I'll be. Nice. I need to figure out what time I'm watching it. Uh, my buddy bought the tickets, and I don't want to make that same mistake that I did for Doctor Strange, thinking it was a t- uh, certain time and almost being late because of that. Almost going to be so, an hour late? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> almost, yeah. Luckily, it was delayed, so I made it on time. But, yeah, I don't want to count uh, count on that happening again. Uh, before we close out the episode, though, uh, Michael, I also I just want to start off by saying thank you for joining us. But also, if they want to follow you on the social medias yeah. or anything like that, where can they find you? For sure. Well, thank you again for the opportunity. Uh, I've had so much fun. I've listened to a lot of these episodes. Uh, and it's fun to finally be kind of, again, sort of be part of the magic, so to speak. Hey. Um, so, again, if, you, if any of you are interested in checking out uh, either of my podcasts, uh, you can find most easily or probably most readily accessible through either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So Two Old Souls, T-O-O, Old Souls, or Podcast 118, a Hey Arnold a re-education. If you just type in Podcast 118, it'll probably come right up. So the socials for that uh, are both Two Old Souls Pod for Twitter and Instagram, mostly Instagram for that. Uh, I'm a little better with Podcast 118 right now for Twitter and Instagram. That's PC118Pod. So thank you. Yeah, we'll definitely throw uh, the spelling on the episodes. We'll try to actually throw direct links on all of yeah. those things, the the shows as well as the 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 social media. So we'll make it easier on on our audience. Click. Yes, we'll, j- sure. All you have to do is just click, and it'll take you to like, whatever app. <laughs> <laughs> that'll work. That'll work too. Thanks. <laughs> well, for me, uh, I'm just on the usual social medias: Twitter and Instagram at FreeKenA. Um, so yep, nothing's changed there. For me, I'm still at JP underscore Flicks on Instagram. Go ahead and message me there if you want to. Guys, Michael, thank you again for coming on the show. Any final thoughts on everything, everywhere, all at once before we close out? A lot of stuff happened, so I feel like we must have missed something. Uh, I just want to call attention to one other facet of these, uh, of this, these directors' career, if you're curious as to, like, why is this movie? Why is this movie the way that it is? Um, so I'm gonna throw it back to say I think 2013 or 2014, DJ Snake and Lil John came out with a little ditty that took the world by storm called "Turn Down for What." Uh, these guys directed that music video. Oh, what? And it's did not know that. Nuts as, I did not know that. Little yes. Piece of so nugget. it's actually yeah. So it's actually one of Daniel Kwan. He's the main guy in the video who's just like destroying everything with his pelvic motions that's um, that's the most like chaste way i can put it but yeah that's him so you get a lot of that same sort of like visual chaos i think maybe like that's why all this stuff of people doing crazy uh verse jumping jumping pad prompts kind of makes me think of that video so yeah go watch the turn down for what video if you want some <laughs> I might actually supplemental extra credit and then uh alongside this movie <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely be checking that on youtube um well, for me, just one random thought. I mean, I, I don't know. For when I watched this movie initially, I was like, "Oh, dude, I'm gonna probably talk about the rac- raccoonie scenes like a lot 
and I was like, oh, it's probably going to be my favorite scene until I obviously got near the end of the movie. And I was like, oh, man, this is just so good on so many different levels. But I wanted to throw some love to the rescue mission itself. Uh, the fact that they were switching off, um, like control being the person controlling uh, the yes, chef or whatever. Yeah. I just thought I was dying when that happened because I I love Ratatouille. Um, and the, again, we talked about how it was. We, well, I thought it was just a throwaway random reference in um, Evelyn just butchering, calling it Ratatouille versus Rakakuni. And they actually showed a version of Rakakuni. It is just pure genius. So I, I, I want to throw some love uh, on that um, to that scene because it was really one B for me in terms of um, favorite scene. For sure. Yeah, I want to also point out the the structure of the movie where they break it up into three parts. Mostly it's one and two. But it, I don't know. It just reminds me of those movies that we watched kind of recently like Pulp Fiction obviously being one, and the other being like Wrath of Man, <laughs> which is very two different movies compared to yes. this one. And I was wondering because it took so long to get to uh, part three all at once. All at once, yeah. Uh, I was like, shoot, are they gonna leave it off and not show it? But I, I'm curious on, I don't think they would make a sequel to this. I, I think the movie's like fine how it is. I think it's a good way to end it, but would would you guys like want? Do you think they should make a sequel? I think ultimately it's fine. Like I think that last bit in the at the end when she's kind of drifting off at the tax office again, and then she brings herself back. It's in. I think that's another nice thing about the movie. It's like, I think again, it's it's normal to wonder what your life could have been like or whatever. Had you made different decisions and things turned out differently than they than they actually did but you know ultimately the most important version of your life is the one that you're in right now and that's the one that matters the most mm -hmm. and Evelyn kind of goes from feeling dissatisfied disgruntled with herself to being like no I'm, I'm cool with this and I just got such like butterflies watching it again this last bit where uh, right before right before they go back upstairs to meet with Deirdre, she just has this really like tender kiss with uh, Waymond, and it's like these two are gonna be okay. It's like you know they're gonna, you know they're getting up there, but like they can kind of get their spark back as a couple. It's just really sweet, you know. It's just like you totally just feel the love between these two people, and like you know, it probably nothing's gonna be perfect. I'm sure, like this family's probably still gonna get on each other's nerves and everything, but mm -hmm. like ultimately it seems like they all understand each other better. So I think that's like, that's about as fulfilling of an ending. I feel like that you could ask for, for these characters. Yeah, I completely agree. Like for me, I don't think they need to do a sequel, but if they do make one, uh, sign me up. I definitely will make the time to actually watch it in theaters. I actually hope they do a re-release of this first one right before. Just so, I mean, yeah, I could probably watch it right now, uh, but um I don't know. Uh, Thor's, I guess, next on deck. Um, and uh, yeah, you gotta stay, I don't know. I got to keep up with this podcast because we're always obviously watching new new content every week. So um, that's my answer to your question, Jeremy. How about you? Uh, for me, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I don't think they need to make another one. If they do re-release -re it in theaters, I'd probably go watch it with you, Ken. I would want to see it, basically uh, all the crazy stuff again. But sequel but if they do i would watch it like you probably in theaters once again uh so yeah i think we're all in agreement 
but before we close out, I want to say thank you again to Michael uh, for also recommending this movie. I don't think I would have really put it on my radar as much as we did if you didn't recommend the movie. So thank you for jumping on the show and ultimately choosing <laughs> choosing this week's movie episode. <laughs> Well, thanks again. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, ever since when I after I walked out of the theater, seeing this the first time, I was just texting people like, "Watch this movie! Watch this movie!" Every time <laughs> so, so you could talk I had about an it, right? excuse to bring it up, I was you know, I was like, I don't know, like just low key mar- doing the marketing for A twenty four at that point. Love it, love it. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, yeah, you, I mean, you're you're so busy. I mean, you got two podcasts. I mean, you got you. Um, you know, you got work, you got everything going on, obviously with, with your family and, and your fiance and everything. So we definitely want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule doing this. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Jeremy said, we originally didn't have this movie, um, on our original season four schedule, but, um, we somehow made it work and we were able to ju- juggle some stuff around. I mean, that's kind of how we do things. We like to kind of fly the, <laughs> we just kind of like to just, Go, go with the flow and so i'm glad this definitely work out uh worked out and, and came together nicely yeah for sure so if you ever want to hop back on our podcast we would welcome you back happily uh hopefully we can find another good movie or maybe a bad movie those are fun too those thank are, you. Those yeah I'd, I'd gladly come back for for <laughs> either so thank you so guys i hope to see you next week for the Thor Love and Thunder episode. So go check that out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever, because that's what heroes do on the real. <laughs>